three, two, one. That's right. You're listening to the It's My Time podcast, a recording of the experiences, past and present of everyday people. Yes, indeed. And now, here's your host, the one, the only, Asher Chua. Welcome to the podcast, Bo. Thanks for having me, Asher. Monsieur Azé. <laughs> merci, merci, mon frère. Merci. De rien, de rien. So what part of the world are you in now? Uh, presently in uh, Houston, Texas. Okay. Houston, Texas. Yep. Gotcha. Okay, so for some reason I was thinking you were... Um, well, you went to the Middle East, your, your dad's in the... like in the Middle East area, right? Right. So my my direct family um, still lives actually in, in Oman, mm-hmm. in, in Muscat. Mm-hmm. So that would be, you know, my my two parents, my grandma and my uh, the, the older of my two younger sisters. They mm-hmm. all they all still live in uh, they all still live in Muscat. So so yeah, they're they're still there. Unfortunately, Oman recently experienced a a hurricane. Mm. So there are a lot of relief efforts going on around there. So like typically, Oman, uh, whenever it does get hit by a hurricane, which is like once I want to say every four or five years, unfortunately, mm. it, it hits the northern coast. Yeah. Typically. And so that's where they that's where they live. And so they were fortunate. My my parents, at least, and their and their their surrounding area, mm-hmm. was fortunate to not have been damaged too badly. Yeah. By the hurricane, however, a lot of the region on the northwest coast had dealt been dealt significant damage. Like the waterways, sorry, roadways are still underwater. Mm-hmm. It's it's been pretty poor. So there are a lot of relief efforts going on around there. So definitely like to spread awareness about the issue. Um, yeah, you know there are a lot of people who are in, are you know are in a time of need right now um, because the you know the 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 damage is has been ex- is extensive and a lot of people are you know have had been displaced from their homes. So definitely, uh, Cyclone Shaheen is the most is a cyclone that <clears throat> caused all the harm. So if you if you have an agency or if you know people in Oman that are trying to uh, you know, donate or, or help out in the, in the area, by all means, like, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good opportunity to do some charity for some lesser fortunate people gotcha. on the other side of the world. But yeah, I'm in Houston, they're in a lot. Gotcha. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because like, you forget how, I forget how big the world is sometimes and how somewhere across the world may have like a similar, um, like similar weather pattern as you might get like in the, the Caribbeans or the like what's close to America here. And it's like so, so many times, unless you know somebody that's over there, you, you forget and you're just like, oh, okay, there's the thing with Haiti and nothing else is going on in the world. But it's like, no, like weather still happens and people still need help. Absolutely, man. I think, I think, I, 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 you know, to add to that, I think we've become desensitized to a lot of the negativity that, or, or a lot of the events that do happen outside of the United States, uh, mm. regardless of where we get our news sources from, because you just see so much bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's not, there isn't enough good being spread. 
you see a lot of like see a lot of bad constantly whether you're on reddit you're reading the news you're watching the news there's just a lot of like negativity and controversial um or just controversy being stirred and so you're thinking to yourself like oh another one of these again so you yeah. just your, your inclination is to turn away right so you, you've seen enough of it and so because of that you're not as inclined to learn about what's even going on outside of your backyard and that's why we don't we don't we don't get enough of it. I mean, see, there there are a lot of I mean, there are a lot of things that are going on around the world that require attention. I mean, whether they're whether you're talking about like the Uyghur camps in China, or you're talking about um, the the uh, the issues that are going on in the Middle East in general, not just in Israel and Palestine, but you know even in the Gulf Coast countries, mm-hmm. how. You know, you have a lot of issues in Africa that don't get highlighted. You know, whether it be the the issues many of the African much of the African continent has been facing with coronavirus, as well as you know, for instance, like I know in Sudan, right? Like, which is my which is my native country, I know for a fact that people there people have been struggling to survive outside of coronavirus just because there's been a lack of shortage in in bread as well as pit as well as like pet- petroleum for your for for for, for cars mm-hmm. uh, it's been like that for a few years you know i have i have relatives that have to go wait in line for hours to fill up their gas tanks to go get bread from a bakery i mean it's it is if, if nobody tells you this though you don't know right you know i have friends who had to flee or i had friends who had to leave lebanon not flee issues say, but had to leave lebanon because the situation was becoming untenable over there as well, uh, it was becoming completely, you know, is is becoming a very a challenging situation to live in. Right. Uh, and then you know, the, the, I mean, just you can you can find you can find troubling issues everywhere. Right. So I just thought I'd, I'd take a moment to share what was going on in, in the Middle East. So I appreciate you. I think I appreciate you giving me a platform to do that. No problem, man. You're welcome. Yeah, so how how's that how's life in Houston? It's been a minute since I've seen you. It has. I think you and I, and forgive me for breaking eye contact for a moment because I'm trying. No, to, you're good. It has been a while. So I think you and I last saw each other in person, 2016, because mm-hmm. um, you and I were both working at um, the the Vogel Construction Project for CBNI at the time. It's no longer CBNI, now it's McDermott. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were working there, and I moved to Houston right after. So, and I've been in Houston since. Hmm. I haven't left. Um, I really enjoy the city of Houston. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of the city of Houston, mainly because it, you know, it's it's really it's it's a uh, it's a big city with with a uh, a relatively slow to moderate pace of living. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, unlike the New Yorks uh, of the world, right? Like, I feel like I'm I can control how how fast or slow I want to live here, like mm-hmm. or how little or much I want to get done, mm-hmm. and you know. There's a lot of space. I'm a huge fan of having like space and just being able to do things at my own comfort. 
like granted people complain about the driving right like you know it's, yeah it's, it's, it's a sprawl like, the city the city is massive like we're not i'm not gonna kid myself i can't sit here and say like it's not you know like i i spend i i could easily spend on a day on a daily basis driving 70 80 90 miles mm-hmm. like that's that's uh, that's you know that's not out of the out of the uh what's it called that's not out of the ordinary um but you know the city has a great diverse population of people mm-hmm. right i believe there are i believe um it is about 63% um you could say 63% minorities Mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not sure like uh, what the what the correct phrase would be, but it's a very it's it's very it's very diverse in terms of the people that are here. I believe like the the demographic splits are like you know twenty two percent black, eighteen percent Asian, and like thirty two percent Hispanic. Uh, yeah, I want to say something like that. And then there's mm-hmm. like smaller percentages of other ethnic groups here. So there's a lot of like there's a lot of diversity and you know um, diversity in thought diversity in color, uh, which makes it a great uh, food city. Mm. Like you know we go and I mean, I'm always I'm always looking to try different foods around around the city. I mean you can drive down Richmond Avenue and you could probably find a restaurant from forty different countries forty different countries there just on that one road. And so it's, it's a great food city. And on top of that, there's a lot of opportunity for um, gainful employment here. Like I think mm-hmm. the, there's a good diversity in industry as well. You know, you've got the medical industry that he, that has, you know, the, the medical center is considered like, I believe it's the largest medical center in the entire world. There are a lot, there's a, it's a huge medical hub. Um, it's getting bigger, I believe, in the financial uh, sector. Uh, we know Houston is, Houston is the biggest oil and gas hub in the united states um not just in terms of uh i believe rev- maybe i want to say revenue but as well as you know just simply the number of companies and the number of you know the number of companies and the number of uh, opportunities um to find you know gainful employment here from that part of the industry i think probably doesn't probably doesn't compare to any other part of the united states um and you know like i said great 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 place to you know great place for food good opportunities to work mm-hmm. you know really good real estate property and values you know you can still you can still buy a house inside the city limits for for you know a, a decent house for 300 350k right inside right. the city limits I, I think that's relatively hard to do outside yeah you know in many metro areas around the united states so, you know, that's like, the city has a lot of perks, man. Like I'm a huge fan. People don't like the weather during the summer. I grew up in it. So for me, the, the, the heat is not really an issue. You know, I, you, you know, as you saw, I'm newly, I'm recently married. Mm-hmm. So my wife, my wife came down here and the first thing she's like, it's so hot over here. So hot, it's so hot. <laughs> and I, and I, and I, you know, I tell her, I was like, yeah, it is hot, but guess what? It gets hot everywhere in the U.S. It doesn't get cold everywhere in the U.S. Yeah, <laughs> so we don't get we don't get cold over here. So winters and springs here are also really nice. Like aside from the winter freeze that we had in February earlier this year, the you know we don't typically see temperatures 
drop below 40 very often. And a lot mm-hmm. of times, you know, we're in the winter, we're hovering anywhere between 45 and 65. So it's not that bad. It's not that bad of a winter. You're wearing sweaters most of the time anyway. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. people in Chicago wear shorts in that kind of weather. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not too bad, but no, man, I love, I love the city of Houston. It's, um, it's been fun being here. Uh, and you know, I actually, I would, I would be happy to stay in, in Houston for the mm-hmm. long Like I just, it's, it, it just, it just suits me. I just think it feels, I feel like it suits me and my, my personality and like what I want to do. Like I have my friends here. Like I, I have a lot, I play a lot of soccer. Um, so there, there's a lot of great soccer that I can play here. Um, like I said, I love the food. It's kind of hard to, you know, it's kind of hard to beat all that. Like you have everything yeah. you want. There's no real, there's no real reason to like seek out different pastures in my, just in my what about you? Willow? Where, where, where are you at? Are you still in Georgia? Yeah, I'm, I'm in Georgia. I, like I stayed in Augusta up till 2019, then came back to North Georgia, went out, uh, last year a bit to puerto rico but came back again to georgia so hanging out for the uh for the time being nice man nice nice that's great it, it, it's funny because I, I remember back when i first started working with cbni like i think it was four months in i was supposed to go go there for training they had the office up in fairbanks with the fab shop mm-hmm. and instead of being there for two weeks i ended up being there for uh, a whole month so I almost got like a mini vacation while still going to the office locally until I could get out on site and I just remember like being able to explore different parts of Houston like getting a city pass for the first time going down to the space shuttle the zoo different things like that and meeting more of like the engineers and other people there locally and yeah I could definitely echo a lot of those sentiments that you you said like it's it's a nice city, and then coming back to Georgia, I I definitely appreciate having elevation, having mountains, and just being like, oh, this is nice. Like like the Midwest is nice, but it's like I I like a little bit of rolling hills and mountains from time to time. You know what? You know, like that is I'd say like that's probably one of the few downsides of living in in the Houston area is the scenery is not as nice as you would like it to be. Mm-hmm. So if you're into hiking, you're into trails and, and lakes and all that stuff, like it's not Austin, you know, that's Houston is not Austin. A lot of people, if people could have Houston look like Austin, mm-hmm. you know, I wouldn't be talking about cheap real estate in this, in the city. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, but if you're willing to make a, a, a drive, yeah. you know, say an hour, you know there are a few lakes in the area within within an hour there are there are some you could say hilly spots within an hour outside of the city limits yeah um so you can you you, you can still see all that but i but i but i i agree it's not it's not it's not you know it's, it's not neighboring it was like so you know growing up in oman mm-hmm. we lived we lived um along the, the the coastline of the we, we live along we lived along the coast so um, Indian Ocean Gulf of Oman sort of thing and Oman also has a a mountain a mountain range in the north called the Hajar Mountains and 
So it's, 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 it's such an amazing site. You had the ocean and the mountains meeting at the same point. So the, the, the highest and essentially, I mean, if you want to call it the lowest, the, the lowest two parts of like the earth, the highest, lowest parts of the earth would come meet at the same point. It's a beautiful sight to see. But, wow. but you know, that was like, that's like an underrated aspect. People don't really realize the, what it's, what people don't realize what it's like to, to have something that scenic, that beautiful and not have it. So, yeah. It's uh, it's an incredible realization, and you know I wish we had that here, but you know then again, like I said, I probably wouldn't be talking about cheap real estate prices. <laughs> so, well, I mean it. It's funny, like you said, it's like you you don't know what you have till it's gone, or it's just even for me spending two years outside of Georgia and just being like, oh wow, the world world is really different. I remember going to like Vegas for the first time and just out there in Arizona towards the desert and California. And it's like, oh, like they weren't kidding when I, because you see so many movies and it's like nowadays a CGI, but you see like the Wild Wild West movie and you see Tumbleweed like going, it's like, oh, that's neat. And driving out there, I was like, oh, wait, that that's a real thing. <laughs> like there's a thing of Tumbleweed going down the road and then go to the Grand Canyon of course, uh, being engineer minded, like people are like, oh, did you go to the strip? Did you do all this in Vegas? I was like, yeah, I, I kind of drove it, but I really went there to see the Grand Canyon and I drove out immediately to see the Grand Canyon and yeah. the uh, Hoover Dam. And I was like, wow, that's cool. And initially, when I first thought about it, I was like, I'm not really impressed with the Grand Canyon. But when I think back on it, I'm like, it's very, it's very quiet out here. Like it's eerily silent and you just realize like, oh, wow, there's nothing. There's, there's, this is just like air. Like all you hear is just like quiet every now and then you'll see a chopper from somebody doing a tour, but it's just, you're just out there. I mean, it's, I mean, we say small world, right? But in reality, the world is gigantic. And it's not just gigantic, but it's got it's got incredible variety um, from a, a vision, not just a, a, a visual perspective, but I mean you look at you look at the different ecosystems and and the sort of just the landscapes. I mean, it's just so you talk about the Grand Canyon. It's just like a, it's just like an orange, vast mountain, or like orange, vast orange, like desert slash mountainscape. Mm -hmm. And then you know you drive a few hours over, and you're on the like you said, you're on the Las Vegas Strip, and so you go from one of the busiest parts of of you know the U.S. to like like you said, eerily silent. There's nothing there, mm -hmm. all within a few hours. I mean, it's a it's it's incredible to think about, man. I think uh, I think the world in general is is, is crazy. It's just to think about just the the beauty and the in the in the variety that we have mm -hmm. you know, from from mountains, deserts, oceans, forests, you name it. Like there's there's a lot of great there's a lot of great variety and diversity in that. And it's inc I mean it's it's incredible. Like I was just talking about you know living in Oman and getting to 
getting to see what it's what it's like over there and then you come to like then you go like for me i went to like lubbock texas for college so you're talking about tumbleweeds <laughs> like that was something that i saw a lot over there like you know funny story my parents came for my graduation back in 2015 and my my mother you know i was telling them i was like look if i'll save you the money send me some of that money as a graduation gift i'll, I'll record everything do whatever just don't come here. It's it's not it's not all that. Mm-hmm. Like no, we want to attend your graduation. Yeah, yeah. You know, parents they're proud parents. First one in the family. Uh, for for not well, first of the first first of the kids in the family to 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 graduate. So, you know, I was like, I'm not gonna take that away from you. You want to come visit? Come come visit for graduation. And everything. And so they get my my family. They get to love me, Texas. Go through the proceedings, graduation ceremony, yada yada. We get to the end of it, and my mom was like, "Son, if I had known that Lubbock, Texas, was gonna look like this with tumbleweeds, dust storms, and nothing else going on, I would not let you come here for school." (laughs) 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 I was like, "It's a good thing you didn't. It's a good thing you didn't come with me to orientation because I didn't have many other options at that point." Mm -hmm. But you know, obviously, like. You know, I'm, I'm happy to have like gone to, to Texas Tech and, and graduate from there. You know, it's uh, it, it it has you know gotten me to a lot of places where I want to to this point. But I mean, I just say that to to say that you know, it's just the world just looks different for a lot of people everywhere. Mm-hmm. And my mom's reaction was, was just it was hilarious because she is ironic. It's like she you know she's a lady from Sudan and they've got tumbleweeds they got dust storms and all that stuff too <laughs> so it's no different she's like i wanted better for you <laughs> i i didn't have i'll tell you what i wanted i mean i wanted better for me too but i didn't have many options at the time because i wasn't exactly a very i wasn't a, i wasn't a studious high school student so you know but that was a uh, high school was like what 11 years ago for me yeah i feel yeah. saying that now but um we're getting yeah, old. Man. We're getting old, though. <laughs> All right. Well, one question I I always like to ask guests is this: Who do you say you are? I have to think about that, man. That's a who do I say I am? I definitely think that I'm a simple individual. I'm a, I'm a minimalist at heart, you know. You saw you you saw you. I mean, I, I live with you. I had, <laughs> I had a bed, I had a TV, and I had I had my clothes and I had my PlayStation. That was all I needed to keep myself entertained. Um, I'm a minimalist at heart. I would say I'm a. I would say I'm a good person as well. I think that's one thing that we don't we don't ever like. I think some people feel a bit shy in saying that they're good people. I, I believe I'm a good person. I'd say I'm a, I would say I'm a good person. I like I want the best for for people. I don't really find myself. Um, I don't really find myself having Ill, Ill will towards towards people. I would say I'm a good person. I would say I'm ambitious with regards to the things I enjoy and my passions. Um, I definitely believe I, I definitely believe that and I've got some things that that I'm going on that I've got going on in my life right now that would would say that I was that, that I have high ambitions. Um, and 
Yeah, if you, if you I would. <laughs> I wish you have, I wish you have told me you were gonna ask me this so I could think of a like a, a proper response. Cause well, I, mean, I, I think the response you're giving is proper. And sometimes it's like I, I debate telling people ahead of time versus like just letting them just just give whatever they have in mind on the spot because then it's like you're not really having to formulate anything or be like, okay, this is everything that I had planned, because like you can change your mind at any point and it, it's not set in stone, although like we might record it, but it's like you are who, who you say you are, not, not other people. I mean, other people might have opinions of you, but that everybody's got an opinion. No, I, I'm, I, I agree with you. And I think, I think there's a lot more, there's a lot more authenticity when somebody's responding to it on the spot. Um, but yeah, I definitely say like a minimalist, I'd say I'm a good person. I would say I'm ambitious. I think, I think what you get with me is 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 uh, is is a genuine person. Yeah, I think that's to sum it up. I don't feel like I don't feel like I portray. And that's what when I, I have to say I don't feel like that, right? Because I can't. I've never asked anybody really like, oh, like do I, you know, do do you see me as like real or fake or anything like that? I so I, it's based on my own perception. But I always felt like I've been very honest with people because it, it for me, one, I'm not a good liar. I've never been a good liar. <laughs> so I'd rather, I'd rather, I, I'm okay with dealing with the consequences of the truth, whether it's whether something bad has happened or not. Right. Like I, that's what I've always felt. I've always felt that I could stomach the, I could stomach, you know, whatever confrontations come from telling the truth. But I would feel, I think I would feel very bad if I had to be confronted or be caught on a lie. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I don't really lie, mainly because I don't know how, but mm-hmm. that's also a second, that's also a secondary aspect too. But I would say definitely, like, if we were to sum it up, like I would say I'm a very genuine individual. I've always found that, you know, I've always tried to treat people right. I try not to, I try not to bring out the worst of the people around me. Yeah. Because you don't want that. You don't want to, you don't want people to have lingering bad feelings about you as a person. I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's good. I don't think it like, there's a good energy about that. Right. So I've always tried to treat people as best as I could, um, especially people I knew. Now, now granted, right, like in different settings, things change. So for instance, like on the soccer field, like I play goalie, so I shout a lot. And I, I ask, you know, I'm always, I'm, I'm very animated a lot of the times. And so I'd probably say like, that's one of the few spheres where I'm kind of like maybe a different person. And that's only because that I think the responsibilities that I have are slightly different. Or, well, I should say vastly different. Like there's a lot of leadership that, that goes on with, uh, with playing uh, goal, uh, playing, playing goalkeeper. I'd say another thing is like, I would say I'm a, I'm a leader in some senses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I I do believe in motivating people. I like seeing people. I like seeing people come together and do something great. So like that's why I've always been you know a guy who also likes to play a lot of team sports. I've never been a someone who plays individual sports. Like I've never tried playing tennis or 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 um, you know golf or anything like that. I mean, if you if you call having a caddy. 
uh, you know, if, if having a caddy makes it a team sport, then fine. But like, I mean, like, you golf very much as an individual sport. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's uh, I like I like being a part of like I like being a part of you know group successes. Yeah, uh, I th- I you know I, I get much more personal satisfaction out of that. So you know, I've been I, I've been on a soccer team up until recently. Um, I was on a soccer team uh, who I had been with for five years, um, and we had been going up the divisions here in our in the what's called the HFA Houston Football Association. It's the local. It's 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 probably the biggest um, soccer league in the Houston area, and I I'd, I'd, I'd wager to say probably even all of South Texas. Mm-hmm. Biggest soccer league there about. I want to say, what, um, about 300 teams that compete um, across varying divisions. So we started off in Division 2A when I joined, which is like the third, the, the, the third lowest. And the team had, you know, had worked its way up to the Premier, which is the highest division. Mm-hmm. And the Premier is made up of teams with ex-pros, uh, ex-collegiate players, even current collegiate players, like it's the highest level of competition that you're going to probably play at an amateur level mm-hmm. in the in in this in the Houston area. And so, you know, it was it was really enjoyable being a part of that because it was you know seeing the team win after you know against challenge after challenge, you know, against improved competition year after year was quite honestly a sight to behold like it's amazing like just watching everybody around you just get better some players like you know struggle a bit due to you know to age and injury but then in general right like you when you play with better people mm-hmm. you, you get better as well so you know it's you saw, you would see the level of competition that you were playing against in 2A versus the level of competition that you're playing against now in the Premier League. It's it's completely different. It's, 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 quite, it's quite fun to watch. Like, I, I'll go watch. Like, sometimes, like, we would, we, would, we would play a game, and I would stay after the game to watch, like, the, the, the teams after us play just because, like, it was, it was fun to watch, like, high-level. I would say high-level. It's relative. High-level soccer, you know being played in front of you. So yeah, man, definitely I'd say like, you know, back to the question, I, I'd say like, I like being a part of like group successes. Um, but yeah, I, I would say like, that's, that's probably who I am, man. You know, I think, you know, like, like you said, you, you know me, I, I, I'm very, I, I like to live, I like to live a basic, simple life. You know, I, I believe I'm a very, I believe I'm a genuine individual. I believe I want the best for the people around me and just people, just the world in general. Like, uh, I, I and I hope my actions reflect that. I mean, it's easy to talk about it, but I really, I really genuinely hope that my actions reflect that. Yeah. And yeah, I'd say that's it, man. Like this. Uh, I- <laughs> this is, this is, I mean, I could go into a lot more, but <laughs> you're good. Is yeah, it's a, that to 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 to, to sum it up, to sum it up, right? Like I guess a, a macro level view of it, mm-hmm. probably who I am. 
I like that because I, I, I would agree. And it's funny because I, I just remember back to when we were working together and I think maybe once or twice I, I came to help out on the night shift or we went along and you were showing me the, the ropes of how things were different from days to nights. And <laughs> you didn't hesitate to call people. I was like, oh, what are we doing in here? We just hanging out, putting our feet up on the desk. Oh, what are we doing? A bunch of nothing. Oh, that's right. Just be lazy again. <laughs> and people were like, oh, uh, I'm offended. It's like, yeah, you should be offended. <laughs> you got to be out here to work. Like, this is in your house. Don't be coming in here to chill. And I was like, hey, sometimes you just got to let people know, like, if you're here to do work, do work. Don't, don't do nothing. And then all of a sudden act surprised when nothing is getting done. But I, I appreciate that honesty about you. Yeah, it's a it's a blessing and a curse. Cause because sometimes, you know, the wrong, I don't say the wrong personalities, but personalities who are not accustomed to it take offense to that. So then suddenly you're you're faced with a confrontation. So it's like, well, yeah, you know, honesty is the best policy. It's not, it's not always the safest route. Because <laughs> I, I, I remember getting into a few altercations not physically of course mm -hmm. um verbally with some people on site just because of a, of a disagreement in a in opinion or, or a difference in opinions which is fine i mean we we're all going to disagree we we're all going to view things differently but you know i i won't absolve myself from everything though mm -hmm. right there's a, there's a way in which you can deliver a message to people and my younger self and even now even now, right? Like I'm not, I'm not perfect, but my younger self had a tendency to speak, to simply speak without much tact. And so if somebody was messing around on the job or something like that, then my I would articulate my thoughts without really filtering out the 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 course the 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 super core stuff mm -hmm. like telling people like uh man like well you know if and if i and you know my memory is kind of foggy but there were some i mean some i i could I, I could see myself telling people like oh like well you're just bumming around being lazy as bleep you know i could see myself having said that back in the day mm -hmm. um then again, you know, it's not a, it's not a corporate slash office environment, right? Like, right. <laughs> you're working out in the field, like a lot of right. stuff. A lot, there's a lot more. There's a lot of stuff you can get away with. There's um, a lot of gray area there. Absolutely, absolutely. Like I can't recall anybody getting fired, even reprimanded for for you know having a verbal altercation with somebody. Mm. As long as like personal insults weren't hurled, right? Like that discussed, you know, sort of certain like protected statuses. Mm -hmm. We can call them that. Like I don't, I don't recall anybody getting reprimanded or, or, or so much as you know, even a slap on the wrist for something like that. But anyway, like you said, that's a great area. <laughs> Way, just you know, just a completely different environment. I, I gotta tell you, man, I enjoyed that Vogel job. Like that was probably the most fun I've had in any particular role mm -hmm. um, in my career up until this point like the the people were really enjoyable to be around 
You know, there's a lot of great camaraderie, especially on night shift. I don't know how things were. Day shift, I can see, had a much more corporate sort of feel to it. So there's a lot of like, you know, you know, there's a lot of like people hawking over you and like trying to keep tabs on what you're doing and how well you're doing, yada, yada, yada. I didn't feel like that was the case on night shift. I didn't feel like we had that sort of pressure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was a lot less of the, a lot less of the micromanaging, you know, definitely got a shout out the 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 local 28 boilermakers yep. and and that and that group you know those guys really took me in under their wing to show me how to you know handle handle our business and on on night shifts and so i think that was it was such an incredible experience man like all those guys really really kind folks a lot of them you know really took to getting to know me as a person and really embraced me as part of that group. And I will always be grateful to those guys and that, and that, and that, that group of people because they, they helped me. I really believe that their involvement in my life had a huge impact on who I am now because with the, you know how it is like with, with, with you know, with union work, mm-hmm. there's sort of like a, there's sort of like a hard line that you draw between, between union members and non-union members when it comes to employment responsibilities and, and how you divide that up and everything. And, you know, those guys are like, Hey, look, we got a job. You're here to, you're here to help us get that job done. And they allowed me to like lead from the front or the back. And it was, it was a true team effort. And like I've really taken that experience, and like I want that to be like every experience I have, like moving forward. Like let's all let's all like come together for a common goal. And like that was the most that was the most seamless. That was that was that was the environment where that that occurred the most often, most seamlessly. Um, and I want that to be replicated wherever I go because those guys, those guys, there were no egos involved. It really was like we have a job to do. You know, we're going to do it. We're going to do it the way we know how to do it. You're going to help us get there. And, you know, we're always open to suggestions. We're always, we're here to discuss. We're here to learn from one another. Like it was, man, like if, you know, hindsight is 2020, right? Mm -hmm. If, if I thought that there was a a, a, a legitimate career stepping stone for me working in that part of the, in, the, in that part of the industry, I probably would have gone back there because I just really enjoyed being with those guys and everything, you know, but there's just so many challenges, man. Like it was, you know, I, you know, I even get recruited. I even got like somebody, um, I got, I got somebody, a recruiter reaching out, reaching out to me on LinkedIn. I had a recruiter reach out to me on LinkedIn a few months ago. Time has time has turned into one big block for me since COVID. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I may not be correct on the accuracy of when this recruiter reached out to me. They're like, hey, you know, uh, I see you have like experience at Vogel. Would you be interested in working at like one of the Tennessee Valley Authority facilities? And I'm like, look, man, let me be honest with you. I have no intention of going back into nuclear. <laughs> like, sorry, just like no disrespect, no offense, you know, all the whole nine yards. I just can't see myself going back there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
but but that's only because like I just don't I just don't know what kind of steps we're going to take with nu- the country. I don't know what kind of steps the country is going to take with nuclear, right? Regardless of how clean it is. I mean, you saw the kind of you see the kind of bureau- how you see how bureaucratic it is yeah. to build your facility. I mean, like if I need a well done, it takes like two. It's a two day process before I can even begin welding on it. So yeah. it's just like it's it's a it, it's very cost intensive, and I don't know how many I don't know how much I don't know how much enthusiasm there is to get another nuclear facility up and running. I mean, I think they scrapped VC summer. Yeah. So that was and that you know that was further ahead than Vogel was. I think at least I'm not, I'm not sure if it was at, at the time they scrapped it. I'm not sure. If it yeah, was. yeah. But the point is it started earlier. So, you know, I don't know, man. It's a, you know, you want to talk about career pivots. You, I assume you've, you, you left nuclear. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. Like, tell me, like, are you out of like engineering as a whole, out of the industry as a whole? Like, where I have been, I have been this year. Um, um, I'm looking to get back into it because it's like there's a, a lot of engineering that I I miss and like you said definitely having that team aspect and I guess mainly outside of the team aspect for engineering is being able to solve those complex problems like <laughs> a lot of times like you said hindsight's 2020 and it it may not have been fun in the moment just to be like man okay we're working 6 days we're doing 10 12 14 hours and we're everybody's butting heads we're trying to get through this but it, it's like i remember from like 2016 was rough like a lot of the years were rough but for a little while there like, i think 2018 2019 got better and being able to work with less uh, micromanaging and kind of getting to see the the other engineers on the other side like the general contractors and just forming a better relationship with them it it gave me a strong a stronger appreciation for the work but like you said just the amount of time it takes to put in to gain the public's trust to to do our due diligence to do it right it it wears on you a bit and it takes a really strong patience but just understanding that there's a a vast opening to engineering and it's not just nuclear. It's not just construction. It's like, you have thousands of companies around the world, around the U S like there, there are options and it's just taking the time away to evaluate things and look at it like, okay, like there's, there's more room for me here. Like I could, I could do almost anything. But like just having a minute to kind of say, okay, like what is it about engineering that I enjoy? And it's like, yeah, I, I enjoy the people. I enjoy the challenge of solving these problems. And that, that's the, but how's, uh, how's married life been for you? And how, how are things been since you, you left like the Georgia area, moved back to Houston, kind of getting back into the corporate world and things. Married life. I'll start with I'll start with married life. All right. It's 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 so much fun, man. I so my wife and I were long distance the whole time. Mm-hmm. So we've been together for three years now. But like leading up to our wedding, we'd been together for over two years, and it was all long distance. Um, 
married life is nothing short of amazing. I I have too much fun. I won't even lie. I have too much fun. <laughs> like, I always have something to look forward to. And it like all praises due to God, man. My my wife is an incredible woman. Really lucky to have her. You know, I I looked out. I don't even know how. I just did. Um, and it makes for a great day-to-day, uh, great day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month life. But we always have, we always have something to look forward to. We're always actively planning to do something. Um, you know, we went to the beach a few weeks ago here. You know, we go and we went and visit. We went and visit our friends in Austin. Got to see a little bit of Austin. You know, we're always trying to plan to do something. So that's been enjoyable. Um, I'm, it's, I'm improving my handyman skills because mm-hmm. I'm putting together furniture and, and doing stuff around the house. I'm, my wife is short. God bless. God, God bless. Her. She's like five feet tall. And, you know, I'm like a bit over six foot. And she's like, yeah, you know, can you like reach up here and do this, reach up there and do that? So yesterday she had me, she had me put, she had me put like strip lights, uh, like those LED strip lights around mm-hmm. our room. And I'm sitting here like, you, you know those, you know those like uh, those inflatables at like car dealerships that go around like this. The whole time trying to reach up and put things <laughs> up on the up on the wall. Uh, uh, but yeah, man, you know it's been great having us having such a great life partner. Yeah, you know we we cook together. We you. We are putting our house up together. It's it's been enjoyable, man. I can't. I there, there's not like one. There's, there's nothing really. There's nothing bad about. It. Like you know, I'm super happy right now. I can't. You can't. Words can't really describe it. You know, it's just mm-hmm. there's a, there's a fulfillment that you have. Um, that's for the married life. Corporate life. You know. It has its good, it, you know, like everything, it's got its pros and cons, right? Like in the field, we were making a lot more money. It's a lot more enjoyable, but it's a lot harder on your body. You know, you're out there in steel toe boots, walking around on steel, on hard rock for hours throughout the day. I mean, you're, you're, you're sweating, you're tired. Like you're, you're physically, it's a physically demanding, it was a physically demanding role. Um, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Um, Working in the corporate, working in the more corporate uh, role, though, you know, a lot more bureaucracy, I'd say, a bit more politicking. Well, it depends on, I I didn't, there, there's more bureaucracy for other people. There was less so for me. Um, a, a lot more politicking, but the role I'm in and the group I'm in now, right? So really the group I've been in, in for the past four years, because you know how it is with the training program, like you're bounced from place to place. So but the group I've been, I've been in with for the past four years, I mean, great group of guys. And, and, and you know, I mean, well, because we're, we're like a department, we're like a small group within the department. So like, it's, it's, about, it's, it's about five of us, we do simulations. Great group of guys. I'm the youngest one there though. Like we've got like, I'm, I'm the youngest of 27. We've got like, we've got one guy who had, who's, who's in his sixties. Mm. And we got some other people. We got like the bosses in his forties. One of my other coworkers is in his thirties. You know, so it's uh, there's a, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a, a of, of a range in the ages there. 
but you know, it's been great working there. It's been great working in engineering. It's very technical. It's very technical. Uh, you would enjoy it, but there's a lot less of the 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 people interaction involved. It's a lot less of the social dynamic to it. You know, you're I spend a lot of time in front of a computer uh, putting together a simulation. You know, my interactions with a lot of with, with people to to get the job done are not as high as it would be if say I was still working at Google. So it's you know, like I said, it's got its pros and cons. Um I'm looking to probably pivot out of super high technical engineering though mm. i think it's i think you know low ceiling in terms of um in terms of potential career earnings as well as yeah, even career progression you know there i would say there isn't as much of a there isn't as much potential for advancement as you would like or as at least we were led to believe when you were when we were in college mm -hmm. so I, I, I will be looking to pivot out of that sometime in the near future um i'd say also that oil and gas in general is uh even that it's a, it's it's a it's a uh it's a it's an industry that the world in general is moving away from so within the next not not within our lifetimes mm -hmm. i think but i think we're gonna see a lot more changes in the landscape of energy um production and distribution so renewables are going to be something that renewables and, and cleaner and cleaner energy production is going to be something that a lot of people um are going to be flocking towards and i think there are opportunities for me in that as well uh potentially um and you were talking about nuclear earlier i don't know if nuclear is going to be in that it's going to is going to be a prominent uh, player in that but i think a lot more solar, hydroelectric, you know, um, hydrogen generation. Mm -hmm. Those are going to be things that a lot of things that people look towards in the, in the future some more. But yeah, man, uh, I'll let you know when I have something more concrete in the works as far as like my transitions. Right now, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm doing what, you know, I'm still doing at McDermott or CB9, yeah. previously known as. Uh, what I'm doing, at, I'm still gonna do what I'm doing at McDermott. But you know, we'll see what the future holds, man. Things uh things could change within an instant. We'll never can never be too short. Yeah. But That's good. yeah. No, the thank thanks for asking these questions, man. It's uh it's it's it has been a long time and you know I I'm very appreciative of you inviting me to be on the It's My Time podcast. You're very welcome it's all our time right yeah always our time oh one last question i'll ask you and we'll leave on this i appreciate it are you who you said you are am i who i said i am are you still who who you said you are i believe so i have no i i mean i i had to think about it when you asked me but i genuinely believe that I am a genuine individual who wants the success of the people around me as much as I want the success of myself, as a success for myself. And 
I do believe I'm a minimalist at heart. Look, like I said, I was telling you, I was putting up strip lights in, in, in our room, right? I, I would never put up strip lights in my own. I don't need that. You know, if I could, if I could, you know, it's funny. And, you know, before, before, I, before I hop off, I was living with my brother before my wife moved out. All right. My brother and I, we had our dining table was a little Walmart table. We had a coffee table from Ikea. We had our couch in the living room and we had a TV and a PlayStation. That was our living room. We had some decorations like that he brought. But other than that, it was, you know, it was, it was such a basic setup. In my bedroom, I had a bed, a nightstand, and my desk to do work from home stuff. I believe the minimalist part is going to be what sticks with me for the rest of my life. I don't think that'll ever change. I think that's probably the one. I I I hope it never changes at least because I prefer having money. <laughs> you know, I don't want to. I don't have to. Like, I won't. I won't do anything. Like, if I have, if I had the choice, like our living room wouldn't look the way it does right now, just because like I like having some. I like having things very simple. But yeah, I definitely believe I am who I said I am. I I can't see myself. Uh, I can't see that changing. It's, I believe I gave you a uh, an answer that was uh, from the heart, and I don't think that'll uh, that'll change anytime soon. I agree with you. Thank you for the time. Hey, I, hey, Monsieur Azir, mon frère, mon ami, merci beaucoup. I don't know how to say for having me, but. Uh, I say in Spanish, gracias por tenerme en tu programa. Uh, but thank you, man. It was really nice catching up. You know, you have a, you know, you have a great personality and you have a, you have a great sense for having great and solid people around you, man. You know, I, I wish you always nothing but the best. And I hope that like, you know, like you asked me, about who I think I am. Like, I hope that quality stays with you for the rest of your life because that's like, that's such, it's a rare and positive quality for people to have, to know who to have around them. And, you know, I wish you nothing but the, nothing but the best. I wish you nothing but success. And I do hope to be on your podcast again in the near future with uh, some more, with some newer developments, hopefully in, in my life. And as well as yours. Thank you. Monsieur Azir, merci beaucoup. Once again, thank you very much, my friend. I appreciate you having me on. Yes, sir. Take, Take care. care.